0: Hello, and welcome to Impact the Borough, a podcast from the Greensboro Chamber of Commerce. I'm Brent Christensen, President and CEO of the Greensboro Chamber of Commerce. Each week, a chamber staff member will sit down with a guest to discuss what we're doing to start and grow businesses, create quality jobs, develop our workforce, and tell the inspiring story of Greensboro to the world. This podcast is brought to you by Truliant Federal Credit Union. As one of the largest credit unions in North Carolina, TrueLiant is proud of its work supporting the businesses and the people that make our communities thrive. Chartered in 1952, today TrueLiant serves more than 250,000 members, helping them and our community build strong financial foundations. There are five locations in Guilford County to serve you. Visit TrueLiant.org for more information.
1: Thank you so much for joining us for Impact the Borough. I'm Nikita Green, director of the Leadership Greensboro Program, and today I'm happy to be joined by Carly Swain and Hope Tyler from the Volunteer Center of the Triad. Thank you for joining us, ladies. I will um, let you introduce yourselves. Um, Carly, would you like to start?
2: Sure. Uh, My name is Carly Swain Walker. I'm the Executive Director of the Volunteer Center of the Triad. I um, have been in this role for right at eight years, Um, and I am a Greensboro native. Uh, I am also uh, the wife to Brian and the mama to Breezy, and uh, I enjoy um, all things Greensboro, Um, including our parks and trails and, um, you know, doing things like that. Shopping is also a lot of fun. (laughs) Um, And I um, also practice what I preach because uh, I enjoy volunteering for various organizations throughout the community.
1: Awesome. And I I have to add that you are an alum of both Leadership Greensboro and the Other Voices program, both here at the Greensboro Chamber of Commerce, which is awesome. Absolutely. Yes. (laughs) All right, Hope.
3: Um, Hi everybody, I'm Hope Tyler. I'm the Director of Volunteers and Community Engagement for the Volunteer Center of the Triad. Um, I've been here since December of 2014, um, and I love it. I think I've got the best job in nonprofit because I get to work with all of these other nonprofits and get to have a little tiny part in helping them fulfill their missions. Um, I have been here since I was 19 years old, (laughs) which is about 150 years ago. And um, I've got three kids, uh, two of whom are engaged. I'm engaged myself um, and we, we love living in Greensboro, working in Greensboro. And like Carly, I practice what I preach too. Um, I think that uh, volunteering in Greensboro is really important and um, it's easy to do because there are a lot of agencies that really need our help.
1: That's true, definitely. This is the city, if you wanna get involved, there is plenty of opportunity to do that and, and people are open to it. So. Yeah. Uh, Well, thank you both again uh, for joining us and thank you for the introduction. Um, Can you tell us, um, Carly, can you tell us a little bit about um, the overall mission of the Volunteer Center?
2: Absolutely. So the Volunteer Center strengthens our community by creating meaningful volunteer connections. Um, We connect people, promote volunteerism, support nonprofits, and build partnerships. Um, What does that really mean? Uh, That means that we're all things volunteerism for anybody and everybody whether you're an individual looking to give back, whether you're a group, a church, a corporation, um, whatever you uh, belong to or a part of and you want to give back and serve, um, we are here to assist with that. Uh, So uh, the Volunteer Center is definitely all things volunteerism for our entire community.
1: And I know that within the Volunteer Center, um, there is an initiative called Reducing Hunger Through Service. Um, Hope, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. And and, and
3: I'll start off by saying I've I've had the pleasure of working twice with Leadership Greensboro on projects for that wonderful program. And and from that, some really great things have happened. Um, So Reducing Hunger Through Service is basically a hub of nonprofits that are working to alleviate hunger in our community. Um, and what we do is try to help them uh, build their capacity through, especially through volunteer recruitment, because, you know, some of these agencies are, you know, 95% volunteer run. And so with, without volunteers, it's impossible for them to fulfill their missions and to serve the people experiencing food insecurity in our community. Um, and so so our role is to, to advocate for Um, help recruit recruit, uh, volunteers, help solicit in-kind donations, basically just put what they need out to the community and and help them uh, receive what they need so they can help others.
1: Awesome. So you do a lot of um, convening, galvanizing, getting people, um, to getting resources to the right organizations. Um, So I imagine um, in the past four months, you've been pretty busy in the work that you do. I know you've galvanized volunteers in the community um, through many tough times before. We've had natural disasters, hurricanes and things um, in the past, and I'm sure that you are involved in those as well. But none of us have really been in this space before. Nobody could necessarily um, could have told us that we'd end up in a global pandemic um, this year and it would be um, so massively impactful. Um, We were shut down. Kids came home from school. Millions and millions of people lost their jobs. And food security, which was already an issue in our area, soared to as high as 41%. So when you guys woke up on March 15th um, in this brand new world, how did you kind of ramp up and get engaged with um, the work that needed to be done in the food security space and more specifically um, getting involved with feeding the community and filling that gap?
3: So, um, well, luckily, uh, in Guilford County, um, there are, a, a, it's a great network of nonprofits that are already working together on a good day, you know? Um, so you've got Backpack Beginnings and Second Harvest Food Bank and uh, Simple Gesture and, and lots of other wonderful organizations that are already playing in the same sandbox, so to speak. And they all communicate with each other and and really support each other. And, and when all this started to happen, um, it was a very natural thing for everybody to come together um, to just kind of triage the situation and see what, how exactly are, are we gonna make this happen. Um, I sit on the food task force for the city of Greensboro uh, with some other just really amazing people. Um, so Emily McCollum with the Weaver Foundation Uh, pulled everybody together. We started doing um, weekly phone calls just to talk about the need in our community and who was going to respond to what. Um, We, you know, we had the problem with the Guilford County Schools kids. Um, You know, hunger, like you said, is a huge issue in Guilford County. And um, we needed to make sure uh, that kids were going to be able to still have food. How are we going to make that happen? Um, And Guilford County Schools was absolutely, I, I, could not be more impressed with them. Um, they just sprung into actions. And not only were they trying to uh, teach all the children, you know, I yeah. think they got that system up in about a week for the online learning. And then, but we also were really concerned with um, with, with food for the children because some of the kids in our community um, don't eat a lot unless it's at school. Um, and so Gover County School started up with the grab and go meals, uh, which was uh, lunch for the current day, breakfast for the next day. Um, they have served millions of meals throughout all of this. Um, And then what a lot of people might not know about is the weekend food bag distribution. So nonprofits would drop bags of food off at uh, select schools in Guilford County, um, and the food would get distributed to the children to go home with over the weekend. And so that was another uh, thing to, to, to organize and coordinate. And um, it was a lot of work it was it was uh, it, it was my job for for uh, for a long time and then but once you set those systems up um, everybody is so wonderful and um, and compassionate and and such team players that you know if, if I couldn't fill up the, you know, all of the slots that I needed, I could reach out to Cone Health or could reach out to a Simple Gesture or United Way of High Point, That um, we all really played together really nicely and some great work has been done. Um, there's a lot more work that needs to be done and uh, because people are struggling, um, we're finding that it's getting a little bit harder to recruit volunteers, a little bit harder to receive those really important food donations and so um, if I could get one thing across today is that people still really need help and so if you can help by giving your time or food or even a monetary donation to these agencies, uh, please do because it's really important now more than ever.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and I, you make a good point that it is, um, when you think about that, yes, people have uh, are experiencing this tragedy um or experiencing the pandemic in a number of ways and including there is a bit of tragedy whether people have lost their jobs or um or lost loved ones or have faced illness themselves so how has how have you gotten the word out how have you gotten people um gotten to the volunteers to say hey we need this help how did you reach them well, we've got um,
3: a pretty strong online presence. Uh, we've got about eighteen thousand users um, in our volunteer management system. Um, so we get the we we send lots of uh, email messaging. We do lots of Facebook posts. Uh, we've done press releases. Um, we just had our uh, 26th annual human race, um, and there was a part in that that talked about uh, how COVID has impacted our community and what nonprofits are doing. Um, so basically, um, any mountaintop we could stand on and <laughs> and and mm-hmm. yell to the masses is is, is what we're doing. And um, you know, I think uh, Greensboro is a community that really shows up when we're needed, right? I mean, we saw it after the tornado. Um, mm-hmm. happened in what 2018 and and, we're, and we are seeing it now people want to help and sometimes they just don't know how and so they can contact us or or go to our website and, and we can kind of connect them with something that makes sense for them to do whether it's virtual or or safely in person
1: okay awesome and so during um, during the pandemic, I was impressed um, to learn that there have been over 20,000 acts of volunteerism, even with all that we have going on. Um, and over 20,000 volunteer hours spent locally, um, which is a half million dollar economic impact. I'm, I'm kind of blown away by that. Um, that's a lot of work too for a team as small as yours um, to, you know, to be able to get that many volunteers. Um, can you talk about um, either of you, can you talk about how has your work changed um, with the volunteer center and with redu- reducing hunger through service since the pandemic hit our area?
2: Well, I can say that um, going back to one of your questions earlier, uh, Nikita, um, when um, something happens, uh, whether it's the tornado or whether it's, you know, a hurricane or whatever it happens, a state of emergency happens in our community, we're tasked with becoming the volunteer emergency response center. And so we're supposed to stop all efforts that we are currently doing and start focusing on what that emergency is. Um, That is part of our policies and procedures and, you know, our strategic plan is that's what the way we do things. So when uh, March 15th hit, we went into emergency response mode and um, which made it that much more difficult because again, no one's ever been through a global pandemic, not in our generation anyway. And, um, so we didn't, we just like everybody else, we didn't know what to do. We didn't know what we were doing and we are, there's only four of us total. (laughs) So, um, we literally just took everybody's role and scrubbed it and said, okay, now you're focusing on volunteers for the, you know, COVID, and you're focusing on administration for COVID and, and we just changed everybody's roles and we just started doing it and we were doing it from home so that was even more difficult (laughs) so um, it, it made for some really long frustrating days but in the end when we heard the stories of how it was impacting our community and how you know people were receiving food and meals and care and you know, they were receiving their medicine in their homes and all of the things that the, the 20,000 volunteers were doing, um, it made it all worth it.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's a hundred percent right. And, and I'll add um, uh, one of the ways that we kind of got the word out to the nonprofits. And so, so we're, so let me back up a little bit. The volunteer center is a member based organization. So typically we work with nonprofit members. They have a mm-hmm. small membership fee that they pay and that gets them, Uh, different tiers of, of, um, of goodies. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. And so, uh, but during times like this, of course, we don't care if you're a member or not, we're going to promote what you need, especially when we're talking about basic needs items, right? Um, So I set up a page on our website that was our COVID response page, Um, and I sent out through the consortium, the Good for Nonprofit Consortium, um, and posted on our social media. Basically, if you have something that you need, let me know and I will put it out there for the community. And that page is actually still up on our website. Things like, um, you know, volunteers for the weekend food bag distribution, um, meals for people at the YWCA uh, family shelter, um, uh, drivers for Meals on Wheels for Senior Resources of Guilford, and um, that's constantly changing even now um, as as people's needs, as agencies' needs change. Um, and so basically, we just had to, to to spring into action and know that our our role in all of this is to support, not so they can continue to serve because the need was great before <laughs> and now mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's, it's way up. At the end of February, I think it was uh, 17% of people in our community were food insecure. Now it's, four, well, at the end of March, one month later, it was over 41%. Um, and so there's a lot of work that has to be done and is being done by these nonprofits. And so we just had to shine a really bright light on what everybody was doing and let people know how they could engage and engage safely.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, because that certainly is the thing, is, is then you also, um, that's the other challenge that you all had, which I think is just so amazing, is how do you also now get people to be engaged and keep them safe in, a, you know, in a scary pandemic. Um, but I, I am impressed. I think through your strategic leadership um, and your collaboration, because of that, and your ability to galvanize volunteers. Um, Guilford County Schools was able to provide 1.5 million grab-and-go meals um, to, to students. Um, and they're, seeing- st- they're still doing that, by the way. And that, that number has gone up
3: exponentially. Wow. Um, it, it's, it's probably you know, closer to 2 million at this point.
1: So. Wow, wow. I mean, we're, it's a huge impact. Um, it really is, and even I saw that um, over nine thousand meals have been provided to seniors through Senior Resources of Guilford. Those are two really important populations um, in our community. What else can um, can you guys talk about? What else has been the impact of your work with volunteers in the past few months? Uh, well, I'll say
3: um, uh, there's a, there's a there are a lot of like I said there's a lot of great organizations out there that are working so hard and and but just to spotlight a couple I mean uh One Step Further has their Community Support Nutrition Program um and they they're a very small uh staffed person I <laughs> think a lot of nonprofits are very small staffed uh, yes. but what they do is amazing and they're getting um trucks uh, from Second Harvest Food Bank of um, around 30,000 pounds of food every two weeks. And so they completely count on volunteers to come in and help unload those trucks, unpack those trucks, repack the food into boxes. Um, and one great thing about that pantry is that they um, they have it set up so people who uh, need the food can do it by choice. They can go online and pick the groceries that they want. So they're not just getting handed a box of food. They get to actually you know, put in their dietary concerns if they're they're diabetic or or have high cholesterol. Uh, they can put that in, and, and only the foods that are appropriate for their diet will show up for them to choose from. And it's just wow. really well done. Um, and Backpack Beginnings, uh, you know, they're ninety five percent volunteer run, <laughs> which yeah. is incredible to me. Um, they're Absolutely. doing around they're doing around fifty uh, weekend food bag distribution sites. So they go to over fifty schools every week. Um, volunteers go to Backpack Beginnings warehouse, pick up the food, take it to the school site, and and pass it out to to folks that are coming to pick up the food. Um, and, and then talking about you know not nonprofits, we've got some great uh, like corporate partners as well. Like for instance, Novant Health just donated forty eight hundred face masks um, to us because they knew that we would be able to um, have you know lots of places to give those to, so we were able to give out. Uh, 4,800 masks to 23 different organizations um, just last week. So um, the way people uh, come together and work together is just really uh, wonderful to to be a part of.
1: Yeah,
2: and we had some uh, we had some fun uh, ways that people stepped up because. Because of health concerns and, you know, having young children in the home, uh, some people couldn't get out and actually physically volunteer. So they volunteered in their homes. Um, We had some people do some greeting cards for seniors in shut-in situations. We had some people do some, like, fun um, kits for kiddos, like, with coloring books in them and crayons. And, you know, they just ordered a bunch of things off Amazon and created kits. Um, And we had uh, some of our Swarm basketball players actually made some Cards and some like keep up the good work um, virtual learning um, messages for our students. So there was uh, there was a lot of creative ways that uh, people stepped up, um, even not going out and getting their hands dirty volunteering, but just staying um, in their homes and and doing it that way too. And uh, we were able to mobilize those volunteers as well.
1: Well, and that's good to. I'm glad you said that. It's good for people to hear that. Um, that even if they are at home, that there are still things that they can do. Um, and and I, I hadn't, I didn't hear about the Swarm players and what they had done. So that's really cool. Yeah. Um, I guess we're, we're definitely realized now that we're far from out of the woods. And in some ways, um, you know, in some places we're maybe even going backwards as it relates to this crisis and certainly in-person education is still um, uncertain. So um, I'd love for you guys to share kind of where do you think things are headed now um, and and what, uh, what do you need from the community um, as we move forward in this crisis?
2: Um, well I think that this is our new norm for the Volunteer Center. Um, I spoke about being a, you know, an emergency response center um, when you know March 15th hit, and we knew that COVID was a, a real issue. Um, but I think that the emergency response center is the new norm center, um, and um, we're going to continue to work with our nonprofits um, and make sure that we're giving them what they need, um, and make sure that we're broadcasting their needs to the community as a whole. We're going to continue to recruit large numbers of volunteers, whether those are stay-at-home volunteers or out in the field volunteers. Um and we're gonna continue to locate resources for our community as uh, you know, things just the key word this year is pivot as as we pivot, pivot, pivot um to figure out, you know, how we can get through this together. Um, we're a really strong community and uh I love to call Greensboro home and um, we can do this and we can come together and I've been really impressed with what we've done thus far, but, um, there's a lot more work to be done. Uh, so be, be on the lookout and listening for the volunteer center, reaching out and, um, letting you know that we need you in various ways and, um, hope can tell you what those various ways are. <laughs>
3: <Perfect>. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I mean, uh, obviously we, um, we always want to support our nonprofits. I mean, that's why we exist. We exist. We are a nonprofit, but we exist to help other nonprofits to, to fulfill their their missions um, and serve the people that they that they need to serve. Um, what a lot of people don't realize is that, you know, the Volunteer Center is a nonprofit. Therefore, we need donations. Um, I mean, we have to keep the lights on so we can continue to, to do the work that that we do. Um, you know, what we're seeing is a lot of agencies are canceling their events. You know, we, 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 had to take our human race um, virtual. Everybody's doing virtual events now, but uh, there are a lot of um, some great nonprofits that are really being hit hard um, with this and, and don't know how they're gonna stay. And luckily there've been some great grants um, and some really generous uh, corporations and companies that have been giving. So I would just encourage, uh, please keep giving. Uh, remember the Volunteer Center and, and, and remember, you know, the 100 plus agencies that, that we serve and work with. Um, you can use our website to find what your passion is. I mean, some people wanna uh, do something to help children, some wanna help literacy, want some wanna help seniors, folks with disabilities. Um, we can help, it's kind of a one-stop shop on our website where you can kind of learn about the different agencies that are in our community, and then pick one that, that aligns with what your, what your passions are
1: and can you give us your web um, your web page address
3: yes uh, we are volunteercentertriad.org. org
1: perfect and you are also on social media right yes I you're on facebook mm-hmm. yes facebook right. instagram youtube pinterest
2: uh oh, wow. I'm twitter <laughs> <laughs> all the things, awesome. all the
1: things. <laughs> perfect well, I, I want to, I thought it'd be great to end on something that I think is definitely in you all's wheelhouse. Can, uh, I'd love to hear from both of you um, briefly, what, what can you say about the power of volunteerism?
2: Uh, again, I'll just say how incredibly giving uh, this community is um, and how philanthropic spirited this community is. And um, volunteering is so important because it's giving up your time and that's something that you can never get back. Um, and therefore you are giving your whole heart, um, when you volunteer, uh, and you are in, you know, embedding and ingraining yourself in the fabric of this community when you give back and volunteer. And, um, also it's not, there's not a lot of fun news right now. Um, it's a lot about, you know, sickness and job loss and businesses closing and, um, people want to hear about heartwarming things. And, um, they also want to be part of something heartwarming, and that is volunteering. And um, we want you to reach out to the volunteer center, and we want to share with you how you can make an impact and be part of that heartwarming story.
1: Awesome. Hope. Would you like to add? Um, I'll
3: second all of that, um, and and yes. and say too, you know, there are a lot of folks that are furloughed right now and and not able to to go into work. They might be medically fragile. They Um, might be part of the vulnerable population. And so there, I think there's a lot of boredom and a lot of frustration. And I think that going out and serving others is empowering, um, that also can create new networks for you. It's great for your mental health, it's great for your physical health. Um, and so I would really say that so volunteerism will help the nonprofits, but it also helps the volunteer. Um, it helps to know that you're 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 making an impact, and that really does positively impact lots of things um for, for individuals.
1: Awesome. Well, I, I really appreciate both of y'all. Um, I'm impressed by you individually and collectively as an organi- organization. Um, I think it's amazing what you've been able to um, do for the community, and how you've been able to, um, to use what you have to give back um, in the community in the way that you do. So thank you so much for your time because I understand that it is limited right now, especially. Um, thank you so much for, for joining us today. Thank you, Nikita. Thanks,
2: Nikita. And thanks to the chamber. Um, we really appreciate all of your efforts as well. Um, you're doing some great work to help our community rebuild and we're, we're grateful for that.
1: Oh, well, thank you so much.
2: Absolutely.
0: This podcast is brought to you by TrueLiant Federal Credit Union. As one of the largest credit unions in North Carolina, TrueLiant is proud of its work supporting the businesses and the people that make our communities thrive. Chartered in 1952, today, Truliant serves more than 250,000 members, helping them and our community build strong financial foundations. There are five locations in Guilford County to serve you. Visit truliant.org for more information. You can find all of our episodes on YouTube, thanks to our video sponsor, North State. Impact of the Borough is recorded at Press Play Studios. Producers are Brody cohen Glaze and Holly West. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at GSO Chamber. See you next time.